it's an exciting time uh, for me personally. Um, lots of uh, things going on within our ministry. And so being here tonight just adds uh, really a lot to uh, my experience here at Coronado. Uh, as many of you know, um, I've been here before. I did an internship many years ago, uh, back from 2008 to 2010, where I built a strong relationship with Pastor Mike. And uh, really, it's through discipleship that the Lord has uh, grown me to, to really know the Lord the way that um, we're called to know Him in accordance to His Word. And so, uh, very, very grateful to be here. I used to sit right there where Brother Frank is sitting. I remember I used to sit in the front, and I used to take notes, and I was just excited. And so now to be here um, over 10 years later and now preaching is uh, really a, a great, exciting, exciting time for me. So uh, let me pray for us as we dive into the Word uh, tonight. Father, we do want to thank you, Lord, for allowing us uh, the time to come together. Father, we thank you for this church, for this body of believers. Father, we thank you for your word and for what it means to us, your children. Lord, as our brother Frank read the, the scripture for us, that by faith we inherit all these things, Lord, and we know that without faith it is impossible to please you, as your word says. Lord, we come to you tonight with an open mind and an open heart, asking that you would Fill us with your spirit and also with the knowledge that you want us to gain. Father, we do pray that there would be conviction where there needs to be conviction, Father. And we pray that you would give us instruction as to how we need to correct, Father, if there's anything that we have done against you. And Father, we do pray for your forgiveness tonight as we are all sinners who fall short, Father, to your glory. And it's through grace and mercy that we can come to you, Father, through the work that your Son has done for us. We do love you and we praise you. And we pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, I want to start off tonight by uh, really just um, showing my appreciation for art. Uh, those of you that know me uh, fairly well, uh, I was actually uh, an art major for a while uh, in my early career uh, or my early education years in college. And so uh, it's really neat because the pictures to me uh, say a lot. Right, and so I've actually have asked um, Lisa to uh, find a picture for us, and so if, if you guys can post that picture uh, for me now. Okay, and so a little history on this picture that I'm uh, showing to you guys tonight. Uh, it says a lot. It's a very powerful picture, right? Um, the, the author or the artist of this picture is Caravaggio, and this picture itself is dated back to 1603. Those of you that love art, uh, maybe you've seen this before. Uh, and this is a picture uh, titled Doubting of St. Thomas, or also known as the in Incredulity of St. Thomas. Right? And so uh, when you consider this picture, there are three things that I would like to point out. Um, the first thing is when we take a look at the background, uh, we see that it's dark. Right? We live in a dark world. I translate this picture as a dark place, right? We see three of the apostles as uh, St. Thomas, who is the one in the very front. And please take note that his hands are the only ones that we can see. The scripture that we're going to cover tonight, right in, in uh, the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 29, 
tells us the story of doubting Thomas and how he doubted the Lord. And so we see here that his hands are the only ones that are visible. Please also take note that Christ himself is the brightest person uh, in the picture. Right? He's wearing his white, uh, white robe, and if we take a look, he's exposed fully, completely, fulfilling the, the promise right, that he was going to reappear again to his apostles. And then, of course, we see the other two apostles who uh, really never doubted Christ, but are there watching over the shoulder right, of doubting Thomas. And so, uh, great picture, magnificent. And so, this gives us a, a great visual for tonight as we dive into um, the book of John in chapter 20, uh, verses 19 through 29. So, please, if you have your Bibles with you, um, I would encourage you now to go ahead and, and, and open your Bibles to the book of John, uh, chapter 20, 19 through 29. And uh, this is going to be our main passage for tonight. And I will, of course, go into a few different directions just to prove some points. Right. Uh, one of the things that I learned in seminary is that it's always good to use Scripture to back up Scripture. And so we'll be going back and forth uh, quite a bit. So let me read this for us. Uh, John chapter 20, verses 19 through 29. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here with your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God, Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. So as I came across this passage uh, for the first time uh, while uh, studying at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, I cannot stop thinking about the fact that we live in a time where people often take this approach with God. They tell a Christian or somebody that they know that is of faith, they say, let me see first and then I will believe. Has anyone ever heard that phrase before? I think we all have. It's really kind of scary to think about uh, the state uh, where our society is today. When we take into consideration, as 
our brother Frank, Frank read for us right before the message, we have to take into consideration that it is through faith that we can fulfill the plan of God. Right? There's four major points that I would like to point out to us tonight as we look at this passage of Scripture. So, read with me again. Verse 19, it says here, So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst. So, the first thing that we get here from the passage is that the body of believers, the apostles, were together. Okay? A lot of people today try to gain fellowship with God, not really putting themselves in a position where they can actually see a revelation from God. As we take into consideration, right, other scriptures, uh, we see here in this point that the fellowship with believers is a big part. Um, in the few years that I've had the opportunity to do young adult ministry, collegiate ministry, uh, I've heard it so many times when people tell me, hey, Eric, you know what? My God is personal. Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but he's personal. I don't need to come to church because he's at home, right? And this is not to minimize Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 6, right, where it, the scripture tells us to go and pray and ask uh, the Lord for whatever we need and he will give us and reveal himself to us, right, as we seek him in secret, he will come to us in public and, and answer our prayers. Uh, the Lord can reveal himself however he wants. But here we see that the body of believers, as Christ comes, he reveals himself to the apostles, right? He comes in and he says, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and the side. Okay? So, why is community so important? Well, community is important because we are the body of Christ. Christianity cannot be done alone. A lot of young people today think that it can and it's actually probably one of the scariest positions to be in. As we drift away from the Lord, uh, we come to see that we slowly but surely fade and die away. Satan wants to isolate and then keep us there and then kill us. He blinds us from the truth and then really dissects our mind and, and finds a way to just kill us on the spot, slowly but surely, right? We start fading, drifting, dying. And so... If you would turn with me to Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20, uh, we see here that the body and the fellowship of Christians is, is very important. Okay, so Matthew 18, 19 through 20. And let me go ahead and, and read that for us here. Here's some pages flipping. I'll give you guys a few seconds here. So Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Okay, so we see here that the scripture explains to us that when we come together and we pray for something that the body is needing, the Lord will reveal. Right? We see here that also, not only do, do they come together and, and they pray, but we see here that 
there is power in numbers as believers. Community is a big aspect, right, and, and a big contribution to our faith. If we do not have community, then we will slowly die. That's really what it boils down to. So we have to understand that community, as we see here in the book of, of John, 19 right through 20, we see that the community and the fellowship of the apostles is very important as Jesus comes and reveals uh, himself. So let's go ahead and turn back to the book of John, uh, chapter 20, and let me pick up in verse 20 here. It says, And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Okay, so uh, in verse 22, we see here that Jesus not only comes into the presence of the apostles, but then he also breathes onto them, right? The actual uh, Greek meaning of the word breathe uh, describes the, the breathing uh, in comparison to that of Genesis. Uh, when we look at Genesis and God created Adam from, from dust, from the dirt, uh, it, it's actually a parallel and, and it's used here in the same way that, that God the Father breathed life into Adam. So we see here that the Lord not only reveals himself to the body, but then he also breathed the Holy Spirit into these men. Okay, so what do we get from this? Well, it's a very important second point, is that we cannot come to Christ unless we are part of a community, and we cannot fulfill our ministry unless we have the Holy Spirit. Okay, has anyone here ever tried to do ministry, to share your faith without the Holy Spirit? It's really hard, right? We need the Lord in order for us to fulfill his plan. And so, interestingly enough, um, as I was reading this, um, I asked myself a question, right? Uh, some of you, as you're reading, I'm sure you probably asked yourself questions too. And so, um, take note of what he says here in, at the end of verse 22, going into 23. Right? He came and he breathed on them, but then he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then in 23, he goes on to say, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you re retain the sins of any, they have been retained. So my question here was, well, man, Lord, why is it that, it really doesn't make sense to me, why is it that you come in here and then you, you say, right, you, you breathe on them the Holy Spirit, but then you kind of just randomly jump into forgiveness, okay? Has anyone here ever tried to do ministry without forgiving the sins of their brothers or their sisters, or maybe even your own personal sins? It is one of the hardest things to do as we are consumed, right, by the sinful nature that is within us. Um, we've had the opportunity uh, to reconcile with some of our family, uh, and it's really interesting how there is so much freedom in forgiving the people that are around us, the people that we're called to love, right? So here Jesus emphasizes on the fact that here's the Holy Spirit, you can go do the ministry, but now you need to forgive. We also have to take into consideration that the apostles were recovering from the fact that Jesus had just been crucified. Okay? They were there. 
they were with their leader. And then all of a sudden, their leader is no longer there because he was crucified. He was put to death. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that would be really hard for me to move on in the ministry knowing and understanding that my, that my leader, right, my, my father, my creator, was crucified in the process. And so there was a lot of forgiveness of sins that had to take place here. Right? And so if you uh, would be kind enough to turn with me now to, to the book of Mark, uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 28 through 30, as we look deeper uh, into this point, uh, we come to see here uh, in a little better description of what that looks like. Having the Holy Spirit and also forgiveness is, is a very big part of salvation. Okay? Um, it, they almost go hand in hand. And so uh, Mark chapter 3, verses 28 uh, through 29. Alright, so Mark chapter 3, verses 28 and 29, it says, Truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Right? So, here, here we see the importance of forgiveness. The Lord gives us forgiveness, and we understand that it is through that same forgiveness, that grace and that mercy that He has given to us, we are able to fulfill uh, the ministry. Uh, maybe some of you within our congregation have heard, uh, the only unforgivable sin is that of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And so, blaspheming the Holy Spirit is actually a form of rejection. Right? It's when people uh, reject the power of the Lord by rejecting the Holy Spirit. Um, I had a really interesting uh, situation happen to me a few years ago, right before we moved out to Fort Worth, uh, and went to seminary, um, I uh, actually came across one of the guys that I played football with uh, at Franklin High School uh, back in, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002. And it was really neat because I, I really, I came across this guy a few times. You know, his name was, was Miguel. And uh, I say was because he's with the Lord now. But Miguel um, kept crossing paths with me. And, and it was interesting because I kept avoiding him. Uh, I knew he was kind of a party guy. He, you know, he was still kind of stuck in, in that mindset of, of wanting to do his own thing. And interestingly enough, uh, one day he walked into my Sunday school class while I was serving at a sister church. And he immediately recognized me. He runs up to me, he shakes my hand, and then he embraces me. And he's like, dude, this is awesome that you're working here. And I'm like, Miguel, what, what's going on? How are you? And so, uh, a little bit about, about Miguel, he graduated high school and he actually went into the military. And he left the military after a few years and uh, he was battling PTSD and he, he had a lot of just issues, right? And so he was, he was searching hope. He was wanting something that can uplift his spirit. He wanted, he wanted God. He wanted to get closer to God. And so the Lord allowed me to build a relationship with him. And uh, I remember, you know, we had lunch a few times and, you know, we'd go out to Subway and, and we'd grab lunch together, and I started talking to him about the Lord and the gospel. And I'm like, you know, Miguel, you, dude, you, you need salvation, man. You need Jesus. You have all, the, all these things going on. And I'm not saying your life is going to get perfect, but I will tell you this, is, is that you'll find peace with the Lord, right, as you go into, into his presence. And so, uh, amazingly enough, you know, we, we had a, a good enough conversation to where we could keep meeting and one day, I, I just built up the courage, and I said, Miguel, I, I, just, I need to tell you this, man. 
you need to accept Jesus. You need him in your heart. He needs to be Lord of your life. And he looked at me and he really thought about it. And, and he, he was like, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. And so I remember right then and there, I felt the Spirit tell me, Eric, you need to share the gospel. You need to tell him what's going to happen. He's, he's heard the gospel, right? So I shared the gospel with him. Uh, I, you know, was in the Spirit of God, and I, and I told him about the Lord and how he could get to heaven. And even after that, he said, you know, Eric, I, I really, I'm not ready. I don't want to. I don't want to do this. And I was like, Miguel, do you understand that I have shared the gospel with you? I've, I've told you how you can be saved. If you walk out of this subway and you get hit by a car, man, uh, I don't want to talk about that because it, it's, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Right? And so it was just, it was his flesh. It was his pride. He was like, oh, fine, fine, I'll, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give my life to him. Let's pray right now. Right? So I remember praying for him right then and there. He accepted the Lord. And, uh, you know, a few weeks went by. We kept meeting, you know, on and off. And uh, Miguel actually ended up moving to Austin, Texas. And it was a few months later that I got a phone call, right, from his brother, who I had met through some of the ministries within the church. And his brother's crying on the other line, and he says, you know, Eric, um, I'm just calling to tell you that Miguel actually passed away last night. They found his body this morning in his apartment. He overdosed from drugs. It was too much for him. He just, he couldn't take it. And so, you know, and as I'm talking to his brother, I'm just thinking like, oh my goodness, this is, man, this is not a joke. This is real life. Like this actually does happen, right? So we cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And so the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, rejecting the Spirit, uh, really allows us to not forgive ourselves and not forget other people. So we see here that uh, in, in the book of Mark, chapter 3, 28 through 30, right, we see that we need the Holy Spirit to forgive ourselves and also to forgive other people, not only from our sins, but also the blasphemies, right? As we blaspheme God, we blaspheme each other. Uh, we know that we need the presence and the Spirit of God in order to fulfill uh, the ministry, okay? Let's go ahead and, and go back now to the book of John, right? And let's pick up here in verse 24. So uh, as we see here that... Uh, God breathed the Spirit uh, into these men. He then also goes on to tell them to forgive the sins of, of others. And in verse 24, right, we see uh, John, as he keeps writing, he says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with him when Jesus came. Okay, so uh, there's a reason why we call him Doubting Thomas. He really didn't believe that Jesus was resurrected. Right, so we take note here, in accordance to the scripture, uh, he was not present in the time of the fellowship as the other believers were together. Right, so how, how important is it for us to fellowship with the Lord? How important is it for us to fellowship with other believers? Well, it's very important, right, because we see here that, that Thomas um, was not in the mix with the people. And then when they're... they're they're presented, right, the apostles present um, this, this whole thing about Jesus coming back and he, he revealed himself, he showed us, right, the, the cuts in, in his hands and he showed us the side. Uh, he then goes on to respond, right, by saying, okay, so verse 25 it says, so the other disciples were saying uh, to him, 
We have seen the Lord. Uh, but he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So take note of that. Thomas was not present with these guys. When they come to him in hope and they say, Hey, we saw the Lord. His first response was, I don't care. I mean, not until I see him, then I won't believe. Right? We've all been there at some point. We start kind of drifting away. We start falling from the Lord. Right? Now that we, now that we can lose our salvation, because we don't believe in that. It's not biblical. Right? But we, we feel the presence of the enemy as we drift away from God the Father and the community of believers. Okay? So, so we see there that uh, he didn't believe. He did not believe. It was so hard for him to take into consideration the fact that his apostles, his friends, his brothers, uh, were in the presence of, of Jesus, and he just could not believe because he was so uh, distant from them. He, he could not uh, even fathom the fact that he actually was uh, with the apostles. Okay, so uh, turn with me, uh, please, if you, if you can, to Matthew 24. Um, and Matthew 24, uh, verses 10 through, through 14 Right, we see here a, a good description to, to help us uh, really make sense of this. So, Matthew 24, uh, verses 10 through, through 14. So, verse 10, it says, At that time, uh, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Right? Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then to the end, uh, and then the end will come. So uh, this is a prophecy uh, made of the end of days, right? And um, some of you might believe this, and I know that this is. Uh, debatable, right, depending on where you stand on this, but I firmly believe that Jesus will be coming back soon. There's so many signs that show us, right, and and the younger generations drifting away from the truth, uh, to me, is personally a sign, right, as people are leaning more on their own knowledge, people are leaning on the history channel, people are leaning on uh, all these books, that do not honor the Lord. It's a really scary thing to think about, but that is the truth. People are drifting away. So we take note here that people do become isolated, right? And they drift away from the truth. And so uh, in a very similar way, uh, we can say that Thomas had drifted away from the body of believers, right? Okay, so let's go ahead and and go back to the book of, of John chapter 20, right? So after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Okay, so now we know that Thomas has regained uh, community with the apostles, right? Uh, And Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here your hand and put it into my side. 
And do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God. Verse 29, Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. So we see here that as Thomas regains community with the body of believers, and he is in the presence of the Spirit of God, Jesus comes and reappears to the body for the sake of Thomas. I truly believe that it was the Lord having grace and mercy right on Thomas. He reappears and he not only reassures the peace for the third time, but then he allows Thomas to come to him. And in special revelation, he exposes himself to us or, or to Thomas here in the same way that he exposes uh, himself to us today through the Holy Scriptures, right through the Holy Spirit. Uh, we see here that Thomas then actually believes. Verse 28, he, he answered and he said to him, My Lord, my God. How many people can we think of today that have fallen away from the faith and want nothing to do with the church? And the more we consider and acknowledge them, we come to see that they're slowly but surely drifting further and further away. Right? So, why do I say this? What can we take away from this? Well, we are the body of Christ. Right? We are the body. And if we are not intentional about reaching out to people and speaking truth into their life, then I can guarantee you this. Satan is at work. And he is reaching out to these people. And he is drifting and pulling them away from the truth. Right? So, it's, it's a very strong conviction. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, some of my spiritual gifts are evangelism and discipleship. I really, truly love those things, and I firmly believe it's because that's what changed my life. That's what has brought me to the point of where I'm at now, and I'm grateful right, for some of the men within our congregation who have poured hours and time right, and prayer into my life because that's really what's going to change the younger generations, right? Uh, Helping the younger see that it is important to have that community because it is when we are exposed to the truth of the Lord that then we're able to believe, right? The scripture says that it is impossible to please God without faith. We need faith, but we cannot gain faith unless we hear it, right? And so uh, faith does come from hearing. And so let's go ahead and and turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, if you would turn there with me, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Um, <clears throat> and uh, verses uh, 9 through 12 is what we're going to consider now. Right? Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. So Hebrews chapter 9, it says, So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter the rest, enter that rest, so that no one will fall throughout following the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to, to the eyes of him whom we have to do. 
Okay, so we see there in the scripture that not only does the word of God penetrate, but we also enter the rest, right? The rest that we need from the world, the rest that we need from society, the rest that we need from the temptations of Satan, the rest that we need from sin, the rest that we need from the separation of God. But we also inherit the word of God, which is able to penetrate not only the soul, but the body and the bone. Okay? So in the presence of God, we come to realize that we need him more and more. We need him more and more. Um, it's amazing. Um, when my family and I packed and, and, and we moved to Fort Worth, and I really had this mindset like, man, I'm going to go to seminary. I'm going to have all the answers when I leave. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be able to answer any question. Well, if I'm honest and I'm a transparent, I will say this, that I left with more questions than when I first got there. All of the questions that I had were answered. Don't take me wrong. The Lord fulfilled the purpose there. Right? But here's the thing is that I left with so many other questions. Uh, and, and they're all to the glory of God because I'm like, Father, I, no one can figure you out. Oh, my goodness. I left seminary and I know that I need you more and more. Right? In the everyday, in the everyday struggle, right? Managing a home, managing a ministry. Father, man, I need you more and more. Right? So we need to really be intentional with our younger, younger people and say, guys, we need community. Be a part of this church with us. Okay? Be a part of it. And so if, uh, I would like to conclude, uh, by looking at Romans chapter 10, right? And uh, this is actually one of my favorite chapters uh, in the Bible. And in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 16 and 17, uh, here we see that not only can we gain a community, as we looked at all the, the points that we have here uh, within this passage in the book of John, but they all really just kind of go together, right? Not only do we need community, we need the Holy Spirit and how else can we remain in the faith? Well, let's go ahead and, and, and look at Romans uh, chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. And let me read that for us. Uh, in verse 16, it says, However, uh, they did not all heed, uh, heed the good news, for, I, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. But I say, surely they have never heard. Uh, have they? Indeed they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth and, and, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, surely Israel did not know, uh, did, did they? First Moses says, I will make you jealous uh, by that which is not a nation, by a nation without understanding uh, will anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I became a manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says, all the day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and an abstinent people. Okay, so we see here that if we do not take the message of the Lord, people will not receive it. Right? So not only do we need the community within our church, but we need to be the community outside of the church. We have to understand that we are the closest thing that will come to people that is closer to God. Right? We are the mouthpiece for the Lord. And if we don't take that seriously, then, then guess what? People will not hear the gospel. 
Okay? So, so we see here that faith not only comes from the community, right, as we see in verse 19, but uh, we also see that uh, faith comes from, from ourselves, obedience, going out and preaching the gospel. Right in verse 22 and 23, we see uh, that the Holy Spirit is needed and that there should be forgiveness in our heart as we move on to fulfill the ministry. Right? And then in verse 24, we understand that as Thomas was not in the body, uh, we do need to be a part of the body. So if there's a young person that is in your life who is saying, I don't need church because my God is personal, and, and I, I have him in my closet, and I'm just going to keep praying to him, then make sure that you make him aware that he does need community, or she does need community. Because without community, we are alone, and that's exactly what Satan wants. Right? So, in verse 26, we also see that uh, Thomas rejects because he was not a part of the community. And so, uh, we understand that uh, regaining and being a part of the community all over again uh, does help us, right, as we grow uh, in our faith. And so, uh, let me go ahead and conclude here by uh, looking at, at John. Um, in the book of John, uh, chapter 1, verse 14. So, if you would please turn to John. Uh, chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, this actually parallels uh, what I was uh, trying to say earlier, right? In Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 17, we see here that while we abide in the Word, right, it's the way that we abide in Christ today. Okay? So let me read that for us. John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Right? So there we see that John, John mentions that Christ is the Word in human flesh. So, spending time with the Word is spending time with the Lord. Spending time in community is spending time in the Lord. We need all things to continue to grow uh, in our faith. Right? So, Let's hold that near and, and dear to our heart. And so if there's anyone here tonight, if maybe you've, you've asked yourself a few times, you know, I don't think I need community. And you're thinking, maybe I do need community because my life keeps drifting away from the Lord. Uh, this is your opportunity. Come and talk to me. Talk to one of our deacons, right? And we can get you plugged in uh, to the community of our church here at Coronado Baptist Church. So... Uh, thank you again for coming tonight and let me go ahead and, and pray for us so we can be dismissed. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the time that we have together and we do thank you for the example, Father, that you have allowed us to see in Doubting Thomas. Lord, we have all been there. We know and we understand, Father, that in order for us to remain our faith, remain in our faith, we have to be intentional, Lord. I do pray that you make us aware Father, if we are lacking in any of these points, Father, I pray that you would help us to see, Lord God, that we need all of this in its fullness. Lord, we do thank you for your son, Jesus, Father, who has died for us. Lord, he obeyed to the point of death. And so, Father, we praise you for his work. Lord God, and if there's anyone in here who knows of a young person, somebody that is just lacking in their faith and really just doesn't think they need community, Father, I pray that you would give them the words to speak to these young people, Father. 
and all the young people in the room, I pray, Father, that they would not fall into this trap of thinking that uh, being a part of a church, becoming uh, a member of a body of believers, Father, is not important. Lord, I pray that you would rebuke those thoughts immediately and that they would see that having community is a big part of growing in our faith. Father, we love you. We do praise you. And Lord, we ask for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.